On this episode of the Breaking the Game Show, I am joined by Kevin Lewis and Will Lyons of the 265 Media Network. These guys are just terrific basketball minds, and today we get into the free agency breakdown. We discuss teams such as the Chicago Bulls, the Brooklyn Nets, the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, Charlotte Hornets, and Washington Wizards. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll be right back with you after this short break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Break in the Game Show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Stephen Gillespie, and today I couldn't be happier to follow up the Off the Ball Network's big one-year special that we put on this week. My first act following the first year at Off the Ball Network is to bring in two brothers from our brother network at 265 Media. I have with me today Will Lyons from the Lions Den in the NBA show. And then I also have Kevin Lewis, a.k.a. K-Dot. He's a part of the Heavy Handle Hoops. Um, he's a content creator for Hoopers Unheld and the WNBA show as well. Both of these gentlemen, like I said, are partners of the 265 Media Network. Will, K-Dot, how are we doing today, fellas? Doing great, brother. You know what I'm saying? Just happy to be here. Absolutely, man. Everything's good. Um, in the words of my man, Wayne, if you guys are good, I'm good. <laughs> hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you all on. We've been dialoguing a little bit before this show and and even right before we kicked off this show saying it's been too long. I've, I've admired the work that y'all guys have done kind of from afar. You know, I have a lot of people, you know, just truth be told that I keep up with social media. You know, I keep up with y'all on social media. I see the great work that y'all do. I try to tune into as much as y'all stuff as I can because y'all put out such great content and you give a whole nother perspective that I truly myself could never provide. And I do appreciate whenever, you know, someone can explain something to me that I see and I feel like I understand it, but they can explain it to me in another way. And it just adds depth and conversation and perspective into the very same thing that we're watching, but I understand it and appreciate it in a whole nother manner. So Hats off to y'all for the great content that y'all are producing over there at 265. We appreciate y'all, man. Off the ball, be, you know, keeping us motivated to stay on our grind. Yeah, and um, likewise to y'all, man. Y'all do some good stuff. So today, gentlemen, we're going to be getting into a little bit of the um, analysis of the free agency period that has taken place thus far in the NBA offseason. And real quick, my buddy Mo Murphy uh, of the Off the Ball Networks came in and wrote the goats. Mo, true words have never been spoken, my man. Mo Murphy of the Up and Flame Show. Tune in because he's going to be following us up here on Off the Ball Mondays on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. So, KDOT, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bulls first. This is a team that a lot of moves have been made, you know, hadn't lived up to expectations with the new coaching hire. You know, um, Zach Levine, it feels like he's taken step after step after step every season. And now we look at them and they're adding a guy in the name of Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, and little known, but I I think that he has some good upside in the NBA still. Tony Bradley, what do you think of these additions for Chicago? Um, Well, first and foremost, uh, once again, Stephen, like, thank thank you for for allowing us to come on the show. Um, You know, this is truly an honor. Um, So to get right into it, 
you know, I really think that what the Chicago Bulls is trying to do is um, they I think they feel like they have a window and that window is closing pretty fast. So with the acquisitions that they've uh, signed on, um, I think they're literally trying to make a push uh, not only for uh, the playoffs, but to actually be competitive in the Eastern Conference. When you look at the contracts of Lonzo Ball, um, of course, you get a, a dynamic traditional guard who's um, more so into the uh, transition game. Um, but he's improved tremendously in the half court game with his three point shooting. Mm-hmm. Um we would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive um, when he's driving to the lane um, and get his free throw percentage up as well um, once he can get to the free throw line. But I think that's going to be a great addition for Chicago to take some of the ball handling responsibilities out of Zach Levine's hands and allow Zach Levine to be a traditional two, three type guard. Um, you know, you also mentioned even before the uh, signings, uh, the trade that happened last season with Vucevic. I mean, you have a solid big man, um, a solid 18 and 10 guy who can uh, definitely run the floor, space the floor a little bit for you. Um, and what's going to happen with, with this uh, team is that you're going to see a lot of growth really fast. Um, one thing that I, I don't want to see happen is I, I want to see Kobe White um, get into a position where he can definitely run, you know, that second team or even when he's playing with the first team, be able to um, become a dynamic scorer when Lonzo is on the bench and he's able to run with DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, uh, Zach Levine. Um, so um, I think with with this team here um, and those other acquisitions, um, especially with Tony Bradley, because um, from what I remember, um, Tony was originally with uh, with the Jazz, um, and then, um, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. He was at um, OKC for a while, mm-hmm. but um, that's where he was last season, yeah, absolutely right. So, you know, with the with the addition of the bench, um, I think that's uh, with Chicago adding that dynamic um, defensively is going to try to help them grow a little bit more. Um, because defensively they weren't the best team, even with the uh, Billy Donovan coach team. Um, but what's going to happen is we're going to see what DeMar DeRozan is going to be able to do. Um, coming back to the Eastern Conference, my biggest thing is Lonzo, DeMar, and Zach. Are they going to be good enough to where they can play inside out? And are they going to be good enough defensively on the perimeter? Because when you again, when you look at Vucevic, Vucevic is not necessarily that anchor on the back end of the defense. So mm-hmm. of course you get guys like the Tony Bradleys that can see if they can uh, be that anchor, you know, on that second unit. But when you mix and match your your matchups, um, see if Tony can be able to provide some of that. Uh, and one person that I hadn't talked about yet is the sophomore, um, Patrick. Um, Williams, you know, and I think that he is definitely going to be a key as well to this team. Um, We'll see if he'll be able to blossom uh, from his rookie year going into his sophomore uh, season. And, you know, hopefully Chicago would, uh, you know, have enough to at least compete in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and that that's a great breakdown and a great insight on your part there, KDOT. I'm looking at this team right now, and Will, I'm going to turn this over to you. We looked at Lonzo Ball. He has the capability of being a solid defender, yes. But DeMar DeRozan wouldn't necessarily say he's a a plus defender, but I don't think he's a dud on that end of the ball either. 
Alex Caruso can give you good minutes coming off the bench running with the Kobe White. He'll probably take on the second unit's best offensive threat, at least in my opinion. That's the way I would do it if I was coaching this team. And then we just talked a little bit about Tony Bradley. Will, they lost Daniel Tice, who was a midseason acquisition over from Boston. He signs with Houston. And then they lose Garrett Temple. He signed with New Orleans to a, a contract that the terms haven't been broken down yet. They keep Javante Green. They still have decisions to make with Lowry Markkinen, Denzel Valentine, and then a couple of just role players. Uh, Will, what do you think of the offseason so far to Chicago? And is there anywhere that you think that they need to go as far as addressing needs to fill out this roster? I think uh, with what they had and as far as like not giving up a lot as far as value, they had a tremendous offseason. I mean, to bring in a player to caliber of DeRozan for almost peanuts, you know, when you look at the trade details, Mm -hmm. um, you know, while keeping Zach and, um, you know, Big Vooch in place. And then you bring in Lonzo um, and Caruso, which I think address huge concerns for them as far as being able to defend um, the point or even a two guard, you know, those guys are pretty versatile defensively. It takes um, a lot of pressure off Kobe white. All he has to do is, is fill that Lou Williams role. Now, you know, just focus on scoring the basketball. I'm not going to knock him. He's a very young player, but as Mm -hmm. we know, the best thing he does is score. You know, he doesn't have to worry about running the show. Um, And then Tony Bradley, I like even from his days at UNC, Tony Bradley, even now, he's still relatively young. Um, you know, he's got good size on the in the post. He's a traditional big man. He's you don't need to run a play for him. He's just going to come in the game, compete in the minutes that he's on the court, give you a block here and there, you know, maybe three, four rebounds. You know, each time he touches the court and he might surprise you and get, you know, a, a bucket here or there. You know, I think a guy that you don't run plays for that produces like that is incredibly underrated on a team where majority of the players score the ball. And that's the, you know, the number one skill that they bring to the table. Um, And it's huge knowing that um, like Kada said that, that Vooch isn't, you know, an interior presence defensively. Um, And I personally think the key for them um, is going to be what the starting unit is going to be Patrick Williams, um, just his versatility. Um, they're going to have him slotted as a small ball four, which I think he's going to excel at. Um, I don't want to put too much on him. You know, we try not to do the comparisons, but I would say his skill set, his um, physical attributes um, project similar to um, two guys come to mind. Um, Kawhi, you know, um, as far as Early Kawhi, you know, San Antonio, come in, make your money on the defensive side of the floor and score in your spots. You know, um, I've been watching them even in summer league. I know it's summer league. Most of those guys will never sniff the, you know, the, the league for real. But, you know, he's getting more comfortable bringing the ball down, you know, coast to coast. And he doesn't force, you know, he's not a volume guy. And that is going to be tremendous when you have DeMar and Zach that's going to, you know, be taking up the majority and Vucevic taking up, you know, probably. 65, 70% of your touches. Um, having guys that can just blend in will have a tremendous uh, impact on the game is very um, understated in today's NBA. You know, dribble combos are cool, but who's really going to have the ball, you know, for that type of time? Um, and then as far as, you know, the roster, I think that uh, as much as he doesn't fit with, with Vooch, I think 
if they can't get much for marketing, they should keep him. Um, you know, he still was like a lottery guy. He still offers upside scoring the ball and he can get you maybe six rebounds a night if he's locked in. And I think if you play him, um, you know, alongside like a guy like Bradley, it totally changes the outlook. You know, he's not, um, you know, just a turnstile defensively. Well, he would be, but you got Bradley back there to back him up. You know, it kind of totally changes your outlook on him, not having two guys that can't protect the rim out there. Um, and then I think uh, I don't know how much upside there is, but I do like Devin Dotson. I think they should keep him around. I mean, if you're talking about, you know, just a guy at the end of the roster, I think Dotson in the G, on the G League um, roster and as well as if, you know, God forbid there's an injury call up and spot minutes is, is value added with his quickness and um, the ability to make a play by getting two feet in the paint. Yeah, and another set of great breakdowns there by you, Will. Um, one thing that you touched on is keeping Lowry marketing. I'm of the mindset that you never let an asset go for nothing. You know, you he's on a rookie scale contract. You can match any deal that is put on him with, you know, the, the, the bird rights that you have on him. Obviously, him being a restricted free agency, that's huge for any team. You have to capitalize on any value. I mean, even what we just saw you know, the, the trade for Alonzo Ball coming to them, they didn't have to give up much to bring in a great player like Alonzo Ball. You don't want to be on the other end of that deal because it's almost a wash at that point, you know, as far as asset management. So I, I totally agree with, with you gentlemen on that. Um, moving forward, though, with Chicago, we talked about Patrick Williams a lot. KDOT, do you think that in his sophomore year, it looks like he's going to be kind of this hybrid 3-4 and he might be assigned the most difficult task on the defensive end. Do you think that some that's something that Billy Donovan should be a little bit careful of, or do you think that this is something that he could kind of thrive in? Yeah, I think there's something he can thrive in. Listen, I've known Patrick since he's been in high school, um, you know, coming out of Charlotte. And the biggest thing about the young man is that he doesn't back down from any challenge. And I think that uh, Coach Donovan is definitely going to challenge um, Patrick this year. Uh, and I think that he's um, going to thrive in in a role from a perspective where, OK, if I have to guard uh, maybe the best player tonight, you know, I'll give it a, I'll give him my all guarding the best player while on the other side making the open shots that I'm going to be able to make with the uh, Trent. Um, with the penetration and kick uh, uh, abilities of, of Zach Levine and also with uh, with Lonzo Ball, hopefully spreading that um, offense a little bit more. And then to add another dynamic in DeMar DeRozan where he's able to use his mid-range game. Um, one thing that's very underrated about Patrick Williams as well is that he's just as uh, deadly in the mid-range. Um, we've seen that last year um, as a rookie. He had a few games where he had um, some uh, – very good um, ways to, to spot up um, and get to his spots. Um, and he wasn't rushed. Um, and eventually, you know how they say it in basketball, once you can you know, get a rhythm on the mid-range, you can definitely feel the rhythm and you can expand your game outside. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully he can increase that and improve on that as well. So I think you know, from a dynamic of what Coach uh, Billy Donovan wants, out of Patrick Williams, I don't think he's going to limit him to anything, but he is going to challenge him to defend um, every night at a high level. And hopefully, you know, um, at the same time, he can be 
come a three-level scorer um, that he's already really proved himself to be um, coming out of his rookie year. Um, but hopefully he can continue to see an ascension um, on that. So I think uh, it won't be too much of a um, challenge for Patrick. And um, again, I'm hoping that he does uh, succeed. Yeah. And likewise, I think that Patrick Williams, you know, he's got the tools to, to perform very well on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Billy Donovan is, he, I don't think that he got enough credit for his time in Oklahoma city. Obviously having Chris Paul is a huge help and a huge benefit to most coaches in the NBA, anywhere that he's gone. I think a coach has benefited from having him. but Billy is also, you know, was well-regarded in the college ranks. There was no surprise that eventually he was going to make his way up into the NBA and, and his players respect him and love to play for him too. And I think that that's something that, Patrick Williams is going to show on the floor. And I think Billy could even maybe drop some early plays for him to boost his confidence up to make him want to dive in even more on that defensive end of the floor as well. All right, so we're going to transition now, gentlemen, from the Chicago Bulls. We're going to stay in the east. We'll go up to the north to the Brooklyn Nets. And I, for one, love their draft. This isn't a draft show, but I just want to add this to the discussion. I felt like they crushed the draft, you know, with adding, you know, Cam Thomas and, and, and other great players on this team. I, I feel like they also had a strong free agent class, and that's why I wanted to bring them up today. You know, Will, I'll turn it over to you. They added pa uh, Patty Mills on a two-year, $12 million contract. That's tremendous value from a guy that you can expect to give you great minutes off the bench. And, hey, look, if Kyrie is going to take a game or two off, that's not a bad guy to have as a kind of reserve starter on your roster as well. They added, a, you know, just a, an overall grinder on their team and James Johnson, who's kind of a combo forward, maybe in a small ball five in today's NBA. Um, guy that's going to do all the dirty work, set hard screens, compete on the rebounds and, and run the floor and space the floor as well. And then they added a, another hustle player in DeAndre Bembry coming over from Toronto, formerly of Atlanta. Um, Will, what did you think of the the free agency so far for Brooklyn to a team that already looks stacked on paper? So I believe that Brooklyn, to be a team that has so much of their salary cap tied up in three guys, they did a great job. I mean, the first thing I would say, outside of the guys that they brought in, keeping Blake and Bruce Brown is huge. Um, and then Patrick, uh, Patty Mills, you know, a guy that came up in that Spurs system and in the Olympics looked like, you know, one of the, the best point guards walking yes. the face of the earth, you know, <laughs> um, to have to know that Kyrie is a guy who is guaranteed to take some PTO. Um, that's a great guy to be able to slide into that starting lineup or, you know, be able to get you a bucket five, maybe six assists, depending on the matchup, you know, every night and, you know, at great value at that. And the biggest part of picking up Patty Mills is you keep him away from your competition, you know, because L.A., I know, will have their eyes on him heavily. Um, yep. James Johnson, you know, consummate professional, you know, very physical guy. I think, you know, they're looking at him to fill like a P.J. Tucker kind of role. You know, he's not as much of a sniper from the corner spots, but he's serviceable. And, you know, that versatility when you have, you know, guys like KD and Blake and you can kind of slide them how, wherever you need them in a lineup, you know, that that's, you know, you can't put a price on that. Um, and then DeAndre Bembry, I'm actually higher on him than most. I'm a little biased. You know, he plays some high school ball, St. Patrick's in Jersey. Okay, um, there you go. You know, and when you have a guy like that, that, you know, is lanky and is a plus athlete, who will have a minimized role compared to, you know, his role early on when Atlanta was not in um, contention, 
you know, that has value added every single time. I mean, you throw him out there, you know, for a few minutes at a time, he might, he'll get a steal, you know, he can finish in transition. And if you really need him to, you know, you can just throw him on, on a tough defensive matchup just to give, you know, your other guys a few minutes you know, to get that breather. And that's invaluable. Yeah. Hands down. Um, one of the things you, you brought up the, not only the acquisitions will, but the players that they kept and Kate, I'll, I'll turn this over to you. You, you got Blake Griffin again, and I felt like he kind of showed that he can fill a major role on a on a competitive team. His time in Detroit really kind of hurt his reputation, I feel like, you know, nationally. And, and I kind of fell into that, too, because I don't understand, and maybe you guys can illuminate me on this, is I don't know how it benefits a player to look, you know, just for lack of a, a better term, to, to play poorly on a bad team. I don't know how that helps a player's value. Maybe you guys can uh, shed some light on that to me. But, you know, when he came to, to Brooklyn, played a great role. He looked really well. He, you know, his first play for the team was a dunk, and he, that was the first time he dunked in, what, like two seasons. So that was incredible. And then Bruce Brown, he, he kind of plays like their Josh Hart, if you're familiar with the New Orleans Pelicans, you who are watching and listening. Uh, just He's a guard, but he plays so much bigger than what he is. He can, he can give you minutes at the three. Great defender, great rebounder, um, great slasher too. So KDOT, they they lose Spencer Dinwiddie. He signs a three-year, $54 million deal with Washington. I feel like it was well-deserved. And then they lose Uncle Jeff to a two-year, $10 million contract with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, with, with the players that they added, KDOT, and the players that they lost, how do you evaluate Brooklyn moving forward? So moving forward, what you would like to look at is um, one keyword, and this keyword is uh, it goes along with what today's NBA look like, and it's versatility. So the biggest thing that we look at with the acquisitions is not only that they picked up um, a veteran in James Johnson, uh, and shout out to James Johnson, went to Wake Forest. Um, that's my best friend's uh, brother. <laughs> Shout out to oh, Brian. Okay. But, um, you know, when you look at the versatility on the defensive end, one thing that everybody talked about last year was how Brooklyn lacked defense. They had the offensive firepower, but what were they going to do defensively? And I do believe that picking up uh, Bembry and also picking up James Johnson, that will help from a versatility perspective. You are able to help with cross matches You'll be able to help switch a lot more. Um, and you're going to look at um, a different team from a defensive perspective, and especially from a communication perspective. We have to understand that James Johnson is very underrated um, as a communicator defensively. Um, you've seen it uh, in, in his days uh, going back to uh, when he was in um, Dallas, actually. Um, and he did it a few uh, times in New Orleans. Um, he's he's very, very underrated uh, defensively. Um, I don't think that he gets enough um, credit. Um, he gets a lot of credit uh, as being a black belt, of course. So that's going to give uh, Brooklyn uh, a lot more, um, a lot more nasty, if you will, a lot more dog, um, you know, so. With those two acquisitions um, and then you cannot ignore the acquisition of Patty Mills. Um, definitely a proven vet um, coming from a system of Greg Popovich, coming from a championship pedigree. Um, he's going to fill in those uh, that role when Kyrie 
um, is going to be out. Um, and I think that he also spreads the floor a little bit more um, from a shooter's perspective. Um, so that's going to be even tougher for defenses when you're looking at the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but we're going to also talk about uh, something that's very, very underrated as well. And it's going to free up Joe Harris. Mm -hmm. Joe Harris struggled a lot in the playoffs, um, having to be a shooter and having to be a defender. Um, so with these acquisitions, I think it's going to free up Joe Harris. He's going to be able to come off pin downs a little bit better um, just and just have to primarily just focus on being what he's good at. And that's being a great shooter. Um, and I think that's going to help out a lot, um, especially in that small ball lineup. Um, and also with Blake Griffin, of course, him coming back on the vet minimum. Um, I think he's rejuvenated himself. Um, I think mentally he was just out of it from the uh, of what happened with with L.A. and saying that they were never going to, you know, do anything, you know, bad to him as far as trading them. And then as soon as you know, he gets traded to, to Detroit. Um, and I think his heart was never in Detroit. And I think, you know, just as a player, you know, when your mind is out of it, your body isn't going to um, connect with it as well. And I think that's why he had the stint that he had in Detroit. And when he was able to come to Brooklyn and compete, um, at a high level again, that's where you saw the rejuvenation of Blake Griffin. And I think having a full season with Brooklyn this year is going to uh, do him a lot better, um, especially we, we're going to talk about DeAndre Jordan, even though he doesn't play as much. I mean, that's a big voice in the locker room. And with him and Blake Griffin together in that locker room, um, you know, it's something that that can be well um, documented uh, as you've seen them uh, in L.A., uh, that's that's gonna that's gonna do wonders for this team. Um, so I think that this year they're going to be um, very focused. Um, I think they're going to be ready defensively. Um, the only thing that I would uh, talk about as far as Brooklyn is can they stay healthy? Mm -hmm. um, we've seen KD. He's put a lot of minutes um, on the floor. He just won the gold medal. Um, and congratulations to Team USA, both men and Absolutely. women for winning for winning gold. Um, and of course, you know that's that's coming off of of, of a tremendous tremendous performance um, by by again KD, and he's coming back into a short season. Um, we've seen how the Achilles has has kind of helped um, this year. He wasn't, um, you know, he's been injured, but you know, in the playoffs he was ready. Uh, so we're going to see how how that's going to help him out. But again, it's going to be all about health. Can the big three stay healthy? Can Kyrie? stay healthy can james harden stay healthy can kd stay healthy and then on top of that i think they've already solved the problem with the uh, whole Kyrie situation from a mental perspective uh by signing patty mills because patty mills has been a proven starter in this league so um i don't think that's going to um you know hurt them uh at all but i think overall the brooklyn nets uh, i think they've done a good job um in the offseason um granted with the money um, that they were able to spend and try to um, try to stay away from uh, hard capping. Yeah, absolutely. And, and getting players, especially when you're on a team that has such high, a high number of max contracts on your team, you have to capitalize in free agency and in the draft. And Brooklyn didn't ignore the draft, even though they're one of the more competitive teams that we're looking at for this season. They still capitalize on that draft. So, Will, before we move on away from Brooklyn, I, I would like for you, if you could, to speak to me on 
what the loss of a Jeff Green could could mean for this team because this isn't like the the sexiest name on this roster, right? Like a lot of people, he's just called Uncle Jeff, right? He's almost kind of a more celebrity in the eyes of many in the national basketball media, but he's still a very important uh, player on this team and performed a number of roles. What do you think about uh, Brooklyn having to watch Jeff Green leave the team? Losing Jeff Green is huge. I mean, when KDOT was talking about versatility, I think that, you know, is the perfect word for Jeff Green and his game. You know, he can play small ball five. He can play a four spot. Depending on the lineup, you could put him at the three if you need to. You know, very tough, physical. To have come back from open heart surgery, you know, and been in the league 10 plus years now, he's still very athletic, you know, at least one or two times a season. He puts somebody on a poster that yep. you, you believe, you know, um, and he's shooting the ball better than ever in his career. And I just think that that's the type of loss, especially uh, knowing that he was a guy that they were able to bring in, on, you know, at a veteran's minimum. You can't uh, replace that type of value for what they were paying them. You know, the guys that they're bringing in, that's great. It does address a need. But, you know, Jeff Green is the type of player that upgrades any team in contention. And, um, you know, he's going to be a problem, you know, for them now moving forward when they have to face, the, um, you know, I believe it's Denver. Yeah, he's on with the Denver Nuggets now. They got him and they kept Jermichael Green. So both the Greens are playing together in Denver now, and that's going to be something fun to watch. So before we move on to the next team, and that's going to be the Miami Heat, I just want to remind everyone that support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, go on over to manscaped.com, order anything that you like there, but before you check out, enter in promo code BTG which obviously stands for breaking the game here. And that'll hook you up with a 20% discount and free shipping on anything that you want. If there's already a deal or a promotion going on on it, just still enter in BTG. I'll save you even more money. That'll let them know that I sent you. And because we're such good friends, they'll hook you up with a great deal. And you can look great, feel great, and we can both win together. All right, gentlemen. So we're going to move on over to the the Miami Heat. And uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and cut through this team. Uh, K dot, I'll, I'll turn it over to you because I, I feel like what Miami is doing now is that they're wanting to win yesterday. You know what I mean? Like they, they're, they're trying to capitalize on, on having Jimmy Butler under contract. You know, they made a number of moves to keep certain players on this team. So, so K dot, what do you think about the moves that Miami has made? You know, signing Lowry to a big deal. P.J. Tucker on a couple years, and Markeith Morris on a one-year deal. What do you think about those acquisitions? Yeah, so the acquisitions that Miami has made, I mean, when we talk about a slam dunk in free agency, I mean, it, it can't get any better than that. Um, I, I think that with the sign and trade, bringing in Kyle Lowry, um, and not first, first and foremost, you bring in Kyle Lowry, but you're able to keep Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. That was the that was the biggest thing that everybody talked about last year as far as the Harden deal, as um, far as trying to get Oladipo in. You know, the biggest question is how can they keep Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero? Well, mm -hmm. they were able to keep both of them. And not only that, they were able to keep Duncan Robinson on a $90 million deal. So that was tremendous um, work by Pat Riley in the front office. Um, and not to mention, you bring in veterans nba champion pj tucker yep. nba champion markeith morris you know you bring in these guys 
to substitute what they had in Andre Iguodala, who goes back to Golden State, and Trevor Reza, who signs a deal with the Lakers. Um, I think they were able to kind of, for lack of better terms, upgrade in that in that in those two positions because they got just a little bit younger. I know that PJ Tucker is um is is up there um, in age, but I mean, coming off of a championship, I mean, the bliss is still there, and I think he's still motivated. So you know that that helps out a lot. Um, and I think that the versatility, once once again, that we talked about, um, is there for the Miami Heat, and, and they were able to keep their shooting all all while getting arguably, you know, one of the greatest Raptors of all time in Kyle Lowry um, at that point guard position. Um, so when you look at what the Miami Heat has done, I mean, you have to tilt your hat to the front office. And the biggest thing that I'm concerned about now is chemistry. You know, mm-hmm. can all of them get on the floor and be able to um, work together? Not to mention they got Oladipo back on a one-year contract. So yeah. with that being said as well, when you look at what the culture is in Miami, Eric Spostra prides himself on defense and spreading the floor and shooting well. And when you have the versatility and when you have the playmaking ability of both Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero being able to spread the floor a lot more with Bam Adebayo able, of course, to play inside out you're going to have a very dangerous Miami Heat team along with Markeith Morris spreading the floor out, shooting um, a high clip at, at the three. Same thing with P.J. Tucker. I believe both of them, by average, I think they were at like 38 or 39% three-point shooters. So when you both have that in your back pocket, as long with the playmaking ability of Jimmy Butler and Victor Oladipo, I would say definitely please look out for the Miami Heat, especially if chemistry is there early. Yeah, absolutely. And, Will, I'll turn this over to you. You know, they they lose Kendrick Nunn. He signed a a pretty great deal over in L.A., great for the Lakers, I should say. Uh, Andre Iguodala, we spoke to, that he went to Golden State. Um, Nemanja Bialica also went to Golden State. So two Miami Heat players both go over to Golden State. They're able to keep Duncan. They keep Vic. Dwayne Dedman on a one-year kind of prove-it deal. Um, Omer Yurtseven, who is balling out in summer league right now. He's kind of one of these summer league darlings. And then and then a couple other guys. The OG himself, Udonis Haslam, is still kind of undecided. Do they give? Does he give the team one more year? Does he slide over on the bench and maybe put a suit on? We'll see what happens with that. But, Will, what do you think of Miami and their, and their free agency so far? I think um... – Miami had a really good offseason. Um, when you look at what they did, KDOT made the point, the pedigree that they brought in. They brought in, I believe, four guys that are champions. You yes. know, that's huge right there. You know, leadership goes a long way. Um, we've seen guys are in, in this era taking care of their bodies better, playing longer. So I think the Kyle Lowry deal looks better, you know, just knowing that, you know, um, and knowing that now they have a steady um, hand at the point guard spot, you know, and when things break down, Kyle Lowry can make a play for you. We've seen it, you know, in Toronto time after time. And then the, the versatility that they they brought in. I mean, I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that they brought in Victor Oladipo for the vet for like a minimum deal. You know, this is looking to be the summer of prove it deals for a number of players. And I think if you have a healthy and motivated Oladipo, um, he will far outplay his contract 
and that will be um, tremendous value for Miami. Right now, between Jimmy and Victor, they won't have a lineup that doesn't have a guy that can defend, get to the basket, and make a play for others while still having a big-time shooter, whether it's Tyler or Duncan, on the floor at all times. You know, um, the way it, the, the game is played with a guy like Bam, that's huge. You know, that takes pressure off of him. Um, you know, it allows him to focus more in on being that interior paint presence that he is, and he can bring his offensive game along at his own pace instead of being looked at to make that jump and have to be a 20-point-per-game guy. You know, he can make a few more mid-range jumpers here and there, you know, get it off, off offensive rebounds and, um, you know, lobs. And really, I think he'll be the biggest um, person to benefit from Kyle Lowry's presence. You know, um, no offense to Drogic, you know, or uh, Kendrick Nunn, but neither one of those guys are the playmaker that Lowry is. So whenever you bring in, you know, a guy that has the pedigree of, of that type of playmaker, I think Lowry is around seven, eight, eight-ish assists a night. Um, it always benefits the big, you know, because the other guys, they make the plays for themselves most more times than not. So I think Bam is huge and big shout out to uh, Omer. Um, you know, I felt like he's a guy that in the draft class that he was in should have been a very late second rounder. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to see him, you know, be able to get some guaranteed money. And he's shown that he can play in his league and he's got uh, a really um, capable, you know, offensive skill set, you know, in that uh, seven foot frame. Yeah, and Yersevin is is further proof of what, you know, a lot of us who pay attention to the game, whether it be the draft or just the NBA in general, when you see these young bigs come into the league, you know, here's looking at you, James Wiseman, right? You know, a lot of people will look at a player like that and say, well, I wanted more out of him his first year or his second year or whatever. Sometimes it takes big men a little bit longer to transition to that next level of play and a, a guy like Yurt serving is a great summer league story. I hope that it continues into the NBA where he's got some depth ahead of him. But, I, you know, the one thing about Eric Spolstra and a Pat Riley organization, if you can show that you can win, you will see the floor. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that he'll have the opportunity to do in Miami moving forward here. So before we move forward and we're going to discuss, you know, the gold standard of, of this free agency period, I feel like um, we'll talk about my bookie real quick. My bookie matches up to 50% of your first deposit and up to a thousand dollars. That's the largest payout bonus in the industry. They have the highest credit card acceptance rates and they have fast 48 hour payout processing. Use promo code off the ball and let's win big promo code for my bookie is off the ball. All right. So we just got done speaking a little bit about the gold standard in the NBA when it comes to free agency. That, of course, KDOT is the Los Angeles Lakers. I want to just read two names before we get into the rest of the acquisitions. You you add future Hall of Famers, Carmelo Anthony on a one year vet minimum deal, and future Hall of Famer, Dwight Howard on a one year vet minimum deal. Um, Carmelo coming over from Portland. Dwight Howard took a year off from this team. Went to Philly, is coming right back. They need him. He needs them. What do you think about just those two names before we get into the rest of this uh, free agency class that they signed on? Yeah, uh, what they're looking for, more redemption, especially for Carmelo. Um, you know, he's been the consummate pro, the consummate veteran, future Hall of Famer, um, and 
the only thing that's left on uh, his resume that he's really looking after is that ring. Um, we've seen Dwight Howard do it in 2020. Uh, he wanted to run it back in 2021, and unfortunately, he was unable to do that. He was able to go to Philly, and it didn't work out. So he came back uh, to quote-unquote home. So I think with those two, you get definite uh, proven uh, veteran leadership, um, and you also get um, in Carmelo um, a little bit more scoring. We know that uh, the past two years, uh, the Lakers haven't been in the uh, top um, as far as offensive efficiency and offensive scoring, but has always been top three in defensive efficiency. That's what Frank Vogel has always prod himself on. And that's what ultimately uh, got that championship in 2020. And unfortunately, with injuries, um, they were still able to sustain a top five defense um, in the league last year. So what do you do? You bring in a little bit more offensive power. Um, mm -hmm. Not I don't really care. If, if Carmelo is is up in age um, at 37, 38, um, it, it's still a scorer, a proven 15 points per game, uh, 15 to 17 points per game per night. Um, and he's going to be able to give you some of that um, mismatch opportunities um, on the offensive end. Um, and hopefully, you know, with Frank Vogel's schemes, it'll uh, help boost himself um, on the defensive end a little bit. Um, so uh, what what they pride themselves on is great team defense. And I think Carmelo um, will be able to come in and, and help, at least with that. Um, he will definitely buy in knowing that he's just about on his last legs um, as far as championship glory. So he's going to do whatever it takes. Um, the same thing with Dwight Howard. I mean, we know what the standard is with Dwight Howard and this team. We've seen it in 2020 um, and he wants to bring it back in 2021, 2022. So um, I think with these two veterans, uh, they're going to do a, a great job. Um, one thing that I want to tell everybody right now, let's stop worrying about the age. <laughs> right. Because yes. I want to I tell you something. The way this team is structured is structured to a point where you're going to have a little bit of load management. And here's what I mean by that. You have um, Russell Westbrook, um, but you also have Kendrick Nunn, a proving mm -hmm. starter. He's already started in this league and has done well as a starter. So there are going to be games where Russell Westbrook isn't going to necessarily start and he's going to be out. So Kendrick Nunn is going to fill that void. It's going to be the same thing by committee with the rest of the signings, Malik Monk, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza. These guys are going to be staggering minutes. Um, and what's going to happen is it's going to allow both uh, all, all three in Russell Westbrook, AD and LeBron to kind of take some nights off. So they're still going to be able to win some of those games with some of the um, free agency um, signings they've picked up. They picked up six to seven players at $15 million. That is unheard of. So when you have these guys come in and you automatically think because their age is going to keep them away from what the ultimate goal is, let's kind of pump the brakes a little bit because we do not know, but even though us three as basketball savants know that it's chess, not checkers. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say that cliche, but it definitely is because the way they're going to stagger the, the roster is going to help out a lot. And not to mention, you know, they've signed on some pretty, um, pretty underrated. Uh, and I think that they're there to prove themselves rookies. Um, they, they've signed on um, a couple uh, good rookies. I, I believe um, Matt McClung is yep. also undrafted. Mm -hmm. um, rookie. 
Um, I think they'll put him probably in an exhibit 10 or um, two-way contract, but he's going to see some minutes in the regular season. The whole point is to get to the playoffs. And truth be told, if they can get to the playoffs as a top four seed, is going to be trouble, in my opinion, um, especially if they can stay healthy um, and have a full off season that uh, both AD and, and LeBron was able to have. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. I, I echo those very same sentiments. And I'm glad you touched on a lot of the things that I was already keyed on. You know, Kate, you just mentioned, you know, the term savant. That was a savant type breakdown. Will, I'll turn this over to you. Uh, just if you could expound a little bit more on what on what Kate out was just saying that, you know, you add some young guys and, and Kendrick Nunn, you add another young guy, Malik Monk, who we know that he's worth more than one point eight million dollars on an NBA roster, but he's coming over here to get some to get to get some hardware and then probably go get paid elsewhere. Right. So he's going to do that. They kept Taylor Horton Tucker on a three year, 31, almost thirty one million dollar contract, which I feel like Taylor Horton Tucker probably could have signed an offer sheet somewhere else for more than ten million dollars a year based on some of the other contracts that we've saw. So we know that Dennis Schroeder, he's one of these guys that I have listed as undecided, but he signed on with the Boston Celtics today. Um, they have a couple positions that I think they need to solidify a little bit more depth, but let's face it, they're going to get that. So we'll, we'll just illuminate, you know, the the signings that they've had and and the losses that they've that they've you know occurred. I don't think that is going to be too detrimental. What do you think, Will? So first, you know, we can speak to the additions, and you know, you're talking about the blend of you know vets and young guys, and I, I want to show you something. I'm glad my guy Malik Monk came up, man. You see it, you know what I mean? Hey. Hey, I'm from Arkansas, so that's where he's from originally. I just want you to know that. I just want. Oh you yeah, to we stole him from him. Yeah, you did. You did. We had his <laughs> brother play football for us though, and he did a good job. So. Yeah, Marcus was pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, but so I want to talk about Monk first and foremost, not just because he's a Kentucky Wildcat, but I feel like first of all, you know, as you've seen in the discussions on each roster so far, I'm huge on value above the contract. Mm -hmm. Malik Monk on a minimum bill is a complete steal, in my opinion, the um, signing of the offseason. You know, he could have easily gotten 12 to 15, you know, from another team, um, in my opinion, just with his skill set. I mean, he I believe he was around 38 percent from three and he's an undersized, too, but he's incredibly explosive. And, you know, he had some time with the ball in his hands in Charlotte, not a lot, but in LA, he won't have it at all. You know, he's going to be a catch and shoot guy, get out and run. And when, you know, he's either going to be catching passes from LeBron James or Russell Westbrook, you know, um, two of the best playmakers in the league by far, you know, so, and then most of the guys that you, uh, you know, listed out there, they got great catch and shoot percentages. Wayne Ellington is another one I'm extremely high on. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to get a lot of open looks, man. And, um, you know, as a tri-state area guy myself, you know, Wayne's a Philly legend. And, you know, I'm glad to see him still um, playing. And it shows that, you know, certain skills, they'll carry you, man. He can play till he's 50. You know what I mean? The way he plays the game, you know, just get in your spot, knock it down, you know. And the way that KDOT broke down, the, the Lakers, they guard as a team. You know, so that age is not going to show quite as much. And the biggest thing as to why um, the age won't matter as much outside of load management is the simple fact that 
in the playoffs, the game slows down. You know, the teams that you're used to seeing running up and down the floor, I'll use Washington as an example from last season. You know, you don't get those transition opportunities like that. So now, you know, you're going from um, the game slows down. You got LeBron, you got AD, you got Westbrook. So you key in on any of those guys too much. You got guys that are shooting around 40% hovering around the three-point line, you know, and then you've got THT, who is a guy who I believe will be able to settle into a role to create his own offense, you know, off the bench. And that guy, man, he, he just has it. You know, he, he's got an interesting game. Um, he's not the guy I'm about to name, but it's, it's Jamal Crawford-ish, you know. Mm. Just put him on the court with the ball, and he's going to find a way to get 10 or more, you know what I mean, in his sleep. It's just what he does, you know, continuing that great Chicago legacy, you know, of Hoopers. Um, but I think the biggest thing for them is um, – you know, just getting Monk, getting Bazemore, um, Ariza, you know, guys that excel at, you know, playing defense. And uh, um, Ariza to me is the biggest out of those guys because, you know, he has that um, experience and he's going to be the communicator, whether he's on the court or, you know, on the sideline. And he's going to really be able to help coach those guys up, you know, alongside the great offensive minds of LeBron, you know, and Westbrook. Um, and Dwight is going to be huge uh, for AD from the simple perspective that, you know, he won't have to take such a beating and he won't be the only rim protector on the roster. You know, Gasol, we've seen it, man. You know, his best days are behind him. Mm -hmm. Andre Drummond, you know, at times he looked like he don't know whether he's on defense or offense, you know. So having a guy that is uh, a three or four time defensive player of the year, you know, and that just knows his role, doesn't want to do anything else, but, you know, be physical and get some boards and blocks. That's huge, man. And shout out to Rob Palenka. I mean, he literally, you know, took a roll of quarters out of his pocket and racked up, you know, in the offseason. And when they acquired my boy Russ, I didn't know where they were going to turn, man, you know, to fill that roster out. I hoped, you know, they would be able to kind of turn into Miami West and rack up on some vet deals, but I didn't think they'd get some of the guys that they were able to get. So huge kudos to um, the, the Lakers organization. Yeah, and you mentioned these these value deals. You know, you add two Hall of Famers both on vet men contracts with still a lot to give. Malik Monk on less than a vet men. You know, $1.8 million. The going rate for a vet men contract right now is anywhere from 2.4 to 2.6, and, and they got them for hundreds of thousands of dollars less on that trevor reza kent Bazemore, he was a guy that had contract offers elsewhere was promised a prominent role for la and i think that speaks to kate out what you were just speaking on earlier man is that they're going to they're going to finesse their way through the regular season and still probably end up being in a, a top four seed and then when the playoffs kick in you know the game slows down which is beneficial to a, a, a team that's more mature and then the roster shrinks. So that depth that they have, that's going to be beneficial if there are injuries or, you know, if they're up three games to to zero in the first round, they can just roll out some of these young guns, right? So, gentlemen, uh, we have a couple more teams that we want to discuss, but we're kind of coming up against it for the radio segment of this show. Um, I just want to thank you two so much for coming on. And before we close out, I would obviously love to give you guys the floor 
to kind of share some of the things that you guys have going on, where the folks can find you, things of that nature. KDOT, let's start with you. First and foremost, again, uh, thank you for allowing us to share our expertise. Um, of course, the Off the Ball Network is definitely a brother to us, 265 Media. I want to give a big shout out to Daniel Artes, um, our fearless yes. leader of 265 Media. Um, big shout out to the team. Um, what's up, Zach, the Off the Glass podcast, uh, John New, um, Jay Kristen, uh, Lawrence Goggins, Wayne, you know, and of course, my man, Will. Um, and if I'm forgetting everybody, anybody, please forgive me. You know, it's late. Um, so uh, but you always can find me, you know, on Twitter at underscore K dot three H um, D.A. And I we have the WNBA show. We are coming out with our top 25 WNBA um, players of all time. So please look out for that. Um, so. Um, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, we also have some guests that we're going to bring on as well. Um, so please look out for that. Also look out um, for, you know, some more content that we have coming up um, with the 265 Media crew. And, you know, as always, you know, love is love. Absolutely, man. And much love and respect to everybody over at the 265 Media family. Uh, you guys have been nothing but good to us. And, you know, it's it's only mutual, you know, love, respect, admiration from the Off the Ball Network to you guys. So, Kate, I really appreciate you coming on today, man. Uh, you know, is, is, this has been too long in the making, but I'm glad to have you on. Um, Will, just want to turn it over to you, brother. Just kind of same thing, you know, where the folks can find you and some of the, the works that you have going on right now. So first and foremost, man, you know, definitely thank you, you know, for having me and my brother K-Dot on here. You know, anytime 265 and off the ball team up, you know, it's epic. So yes, we got to keep it, you know, that tradition rolling. And, um, you know, Will Lions, the Lions Den, I'm going to be dropping my first episode of that podcast here soon. Um, just to give you and, and the, the viewers a little clue. Um, the first episode is breaking down greatest uh, hoops bloodlines. Um, you know, so I like to mix in history, you know, along with like a mix of eye test analytics, um, you know, as well as my writing, you know, covering, uh, you know, basketball on the 265 blog, as well as branching out a little bit. You know, 265, we're known for talking hoops, but we're doing a few other things. Um, as KDOT knows, um, my wife, she writes for our publication Baldwin. You know, she does some show recaps, one of the shows Power. So we've been doing uh, Twitter spaces uh, weekly, you know, recapping that, you know, adding some culture content. And um, also I've got my first uh, album review dropping later tonight. Uh, did a review on Nas's Life is Good. I mean, King's Disease 2. OK, um, so, you know. It's a lot of talent at 265, just like you guys are off the ball, man. And, you know, we're just uh, trying to tap into all of our gifts, man. And um, I'd be remiss. Um, you know, you guys can find me on social media at um, WJL1691 on same thing on Instagram and Twitter, uh, you know, tap in and, you know, we always chopping it up with our off the ball brothers and talking, uh, you know, hoops, man. So I would appreciate the, the floor again, brother, back over to you. All right. Yes, sir. And thank you, Will, man. It's you know, first time that I've, you know, had the pleasure of, you know, hearing your voice working with you and, you know, you've, you've definitely lived up to the, to the high um, prestige that you've established with my, with my buddy, Mo Murphy, you know, he's given such glowing reviews uh, of all you guys. And uh, it, when I talk with him about bringing you guys on, it was just like, okay, it's a done deal. You know, I already wanted y'all on. I talked to Mo, he just signed, so delivered. 
it was it was only a matter of you know you guys wanting to be on and i'm just so thankful that you guys agreed to come on tonight but uh for the breaking the game show tonight you know that's gonna draw to a close here on the nothing but net channel on dash radio for off the ball mondays don't go anywhere because the aforementioned mo murphy mr up in flames himself is going to follow us up and then after that president chris lebron is going to be following him up on off the ball pod so you got the power hour from 10 a.m eastern to 12 noon eastern and then later tonight the hoopers come on at 8 p.m eastern so don't go anywhere off the ball mondays is going to keep on rolling if you want to follow what we have going on we're going to close out here go over to the podcast we got two more teams that we're going to talk about for all you charlotte hornets fans and washington wizards fan me and kdot we're going to close out with that segment and it's going to be a good time so please like share subscribe subscribe rate and review to all those things Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. And we will catch up with all of you guys next time. Much love, everybody. All right. So um, for everybody watching and listening live, um, Will says that he um, has got to dip out here soon. Um, Will, I just want to thank you so much for the time, brother. Um, Great insight. Great perspective on the game. I'm definitely going to be keeping up with the Lions then when that drops. And definitely going to be tapping into the other, you know, ventures that you have going on because I myself, I don't just do sports. My buddy Jeff Hunt from the Off the Ball Network and I, we do like comic book reviews, movie reviews, things like that. So try to be a little bit of a renaissance man in a modern era. So um, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks again for having me, brother. You guys have a good one. Hey, you too, man. Yes, sir. Peace All out. Right. So, KDOT, you wanted to bring up these two teams. Originally, when I generated my notes, I just had the big four that we just got done discussing. But you wanted to cue in on the Charlotte Hornets and the Washington Wizards, both obviously of that Southeast division in the Eastern Conference. And real quick, buddy Sage Alvarez, much love and respect to you, man. You are the GOAT. You are just the most selfless person that I have ever encountered on social media facts prayers love respect adoration all that your way brother and thank you so much for tuning in tonight so k dot we got the charlotte hornets next and i was a big fan of the draft i'm looking at their free agency i think i think i kind of know where you're going with this i think it was a low-key really good free agency class what so much about their free agency so far stuck out to you Box office. Um, when you look at the Charlotte Hornets, they were so close last year. Um, ended up losing to Indiana in the play-in tournaments. Um, but I think this year that they've uh, added a little bit more of a dynamic to their um, offense, which is Kelly Oubre. Um, and I think that with Kelly Oubre's presence, um, not necessarily Kelly Oubre would catapult them because I do feel like they still need um, another versatile big um, on their roster, but if they can find that versatile big um, within the season, then I think they can definitely catapult themselves to a playoff position where they don't necessarily have to do um, a playing game. Or if they do a playing game, they will be good enough to pres- to preserve maybe a seven four AC. Um, we looked at Charlotte last year, and everybody the the one thing that they talked about was excitement. Mm-hmm. Youth um, with LaMelo coming in, you know, having a dynamic rookie year. And I know he had a wrist injury um, later um, into that season, but he ended up winning rookie of the year um, regardless of that. 
And then the emergence of Miles Bridges coming in, yes. you know, as a dynamic um, wing, versatile guy who can uh, play above the rim. Um, and then you also have um, the signing, of course, of Gordon Haywood. I know he was in and out of the lineup, but he gave you a veteran presence and a veteran scorer that was able to kind of close out games when he was able to play as well. And then not only looking at that, but we still look at the contract of Terry Rozier. He's yes. still playing up to expectations. A lot of people didn't like that signing in the signing trade deal with Kemba um, going to Boston. Um, but it ended up looking like, to be honest with you, um, this isn't a hot take. It looks like that Charlotte actually won that that deal. Yeah. I mean, we look at what Kemba has done. Unfortunately, you know, with his knee, he's ended up traded to uh, to OKC and then they buy him out. And now um, he's, you know, getting that uh, that deal with the Knicks. But essentially, when you look at it, you know, paper on paper, it looks like Charlotte uh, actually won, you know, that that deal. And it looks like Mitch Kupchak and and Michael Jordan kind of knew what they were doing there. So. When we look at the Charlotte Hornets, um, I just wanted to mention how um, I believe that this team can definitely make a little bit more noise um, and carry that momentum, just like we saw Phoenix carry that momentum in from the bubble, winning eight straight, and then ended up going to the finals. Now, I'm going to pump the brakes and say that I don't think Charlotte would do the same thing, but I do believe that with that momentum coming into this season, Charlotte is going to be first exciting to watch. And two, they're going to win games and people are going to love this team. Um, they kind of give me the vibe of a 2014-2015 um, Golden State Warriors team who mm-hmm. everybody just loved to watch. Um, and again, I'm not saying that they're going to come in and um, wreak havoc in the Eastern Conference because let's face it, the Eastern Conference has gotten a lot tougher, especially with all of these. Better you know, um, sign with all these free agent deals and, and the draft. Um, but I want to take a look at um, the draft picks um, just right quick. James Booknight, um, yeah. I think that he's going to be um, a, a great dynamic scorer. Um, we have um, also have Kyle Jones. Um, I think that this team, even though they're young, I think they have the right pieces from a veteran perspective as well, even though they did lose Cody Zeller, um, and um, oh, now I'm blanking on, on his name. Devontae um, Graham. Devontae Graham. Yeah, um, uh, they, they lost him as well. But I do believe that with the addition of, of Kelly Oubre, I think that's going to um, be very, uh, very dynamic for him. I said last year that it was going to be up to James Rego to figure it out. And he actually figured it out. Um, I, I have to give him um, kudos. And they gave him an extension for it. So congratulations to him. Um, so now the game is on for real now. Um, the Southeast uh, the Southeast Division looks really, really good. Um, and, you know, I just wanted to kind of shed light on, on Charlotte because I do believe that Charlotte is not only going to be one of the most exciting teams in the league, I think they're going to also win some games. Yeah, and I love the fact that they're – Look, they they added ball, right? That was huge. They get they get Lamelo. That was a big deal. Uh, they have some pretty clean threads too over over in Bus City, right? So they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to look good while they're playing. Uh, they added a lot of depth, and one of the things that I was worried about whenever they added Kelly Oubre Jr. right, it, and with Gordon Hayward going to be returning from injury, is 
what does that mean for Miles Bridges? Because he was so much fun to watch on that team. And KDOT, I just I want to get your opinion just real quick before we move on to the next team. Is there such thing as too much depth on the wing here? Because as I'm saying this, I'm thinking, well, what about Atlanta? Because Atlanta just enjoyed a lot of success and they look like they're going to be a team on the upward trajectory as well. And and they have no shortage of depth on the wing. But do you kind of see where I'm going with this for Charlotte? Or do you just think that, you know, just are you just going to tell me, hey, Steven, just enjoy the ride because it's going to be fun to watch and they're going to enjoy a, a good amount of success? No, I, I definitely agree. We look at what happened in Atlanta this year and we saw the depth in wing um, play, um, but we saw how that was kind of to Atlanta's advantage. Um, unfortunately, they lost DeAndre Hunter mm-hmm. in the Knicks series, um, but they were able to continue on and actually go into the Eastern Conference Finals versus the eventual NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. And that was uh, based off of their debt. And you have to give credit to Nate McMillan in knowing how to um, manage all of that debt. And that's exactly what I'm saying with James Borrego this time around. He has the assets. Now it's going to be up to him to actually manage that debt. And I think that he's going to interchange and interlock with Miles Bridges between um, the, the three spot if they go big, he'll probably uh, put him at, at the two spot to guard, you know, some of the more dynamic two guards in the league. Um, if they go small ball, he'll move miles up to the four, which he was pretty dynamic in uh, yeah. this past year um, in them small ball lineups. So I think that uh, miles bridges will be able to thrive wherever he's put um, in, in that particular position. And what's going to happen is um, I think that miles is going to be put in one of those lineups where, you have a whole bunch of shooters around him and he's going to be very versatile. He's all he has to do is just grab, grab boards and, and just make plays. Um, but when he's in those lineups where you're happy, you're having a breakdown the, in the half court setting, um, he'll put him at his traditional three spot where he can play the dunker spot or he can um, play, uh, play the, the, the cutter and, and the screener um, and go in some of those one, three uh, screening, screening roles that him and uh, LaMelo did so well last year. Um, so there's going to be a lot of spots. Um, and what's going to happen is because I said that they lack that big man presence, like a veteran big man, as of right now, if they don't get that right now, that's even better for Miles Bridges because he will be seeing a lot more of the four spot because I can see literally a big lineup in LaMelo Ball, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Haywood, Miles uh, Bridges at the four. And then you can just plug in anybody at the five, you know, to get some rebounds for you. Um, so I could definitely see that as well. So I don't think um, depth would be too much of an issue, but it has to be up to what James Borrego would be able to do with those lineups, just like how Nate McMillan was able to capitalize on that with his depth um, down in Atlanta. Yeah, shout out to Nate McMillan. You know, I've long since sung his praises on breaking the game. One of the most underrated coaches in the entire NBA. Love him. And then also that that center that you're speaking about, K Dot, is uh, probably going to be Mason Plumley, who they just acquired in a in a trade before his free agency started with Detroit, and that's going to be interesting too because he's one of those centers to where it's he he's not like a, a star, right? But he's a star in his role. He's a very he's an underrated playmaker out of that five spot, and there's guys that can, we could probably envision some handoff plays going from Mason Plumley to a couple of these really effective slashers that are 
already in Charlotte right now. So moving on over to D.C. now, and this is a team that for a while was on the wrong end of some rumors circulating the NBA. This was a team that you wanted to highlight. You know, they had an interesting draft. Um, it, and they, they traded away Russell Westbrook. They bring in some veterans. They draft a kind of a high floor, lower ceiling guy, right? Uh, in, in the draft, and they really only add one guy technically um, due to signing, and they lose a couple guys. Ish Smith, who I forgot to mention earlier, you know, with Charlotte, they lose Devontae Graham. Ish Smith as your third guard on that team. Absolutely. Forget about it. That's a tremendous get as well. So Washington, they lose Ish Smith. They lose a couple of big guys in Alex Lynn and Robin Lopez, who – you can kind of find guys to fill their roles, um, you know, pretty easily. And then Sam Decker is just kind of, you know, your your twelfth through fifteenth man on your roster. Um, and they kept Raul Neto. So, Kate, what what was your reasoning for wanting to discuss Washington here? I wanted to discuss Washington because when we look at what Bradley Beal has been through um, over his tenure in in Washington, we've seen so many different dynamics of of um, of a team. And I think that this particular team is going to be one thing, and that's shooting. Um, I think that with the roster that has been um, compiled, um, Bradley Beal is going to be able to have more shooting around him. Um, I think that with Spencer Dinwiddie um, coming in with that contract, um, we've seen Spencer. He's able to to break down defenses. He's able to um, become um, – and he's a big point guard. He's like 6'5", yes. 6'6". So when you look at the versatility um, in size with what uh, Washington has bringing in, I think you you know your small one of your smallest guys um, in a post setting is um, of course Trez Harrell, mm-hmm. um, but Trez will give you all of that um, through hustle through rebounding, and then he didn't have the best year in LA, so he's looking to redeem himself, and he's back east, um, you know the North Carolina native, so. Um, I think that he's going to be rejuvenated. Um, Kyle Kuzma, he's already talked about wanting to be um, a dynamic scorer and being able to help, you know, with the uh, the versatility of, of what they have offensively. And um, one thing about Wes Unsell Jr., and congratulations to him on getting yes, a coaching that's job. Yes, off to Wes Unsell Jr. He is very dynamic in understanding motion offense. Um, and he takes it from his pops where they get out and they run. You know, as soon as you get the rebound, here's the outlet pass, let's go. And I think that's what he's going to kind of bring uh, with this team. Um, I think they're going to be kind of uh, kind of like one of those um, running gun type teams, but in the half court setting, they'll uh, slow it down with some motion offense, but they continue to spread the floor. Um, I think Davis Bertans, he's um, in a, a position to try to redeem himself from poor shooting last year, um, even though, you know, he had his ups and his downs. Um, but again, I think with looking at Washington, we're going to look at how well they can shoot the ball. Um, my biggest concern with Washington right now is going to be um, defense, of course, um, just on the perimeter from that perspective. Um, but if you look at what they, who they drafted as well, they drafted great shooters as well. Yeah, um, you know, Corey Kispert, um, who's uh, an excellent um, shooter and a very underrated playmaker, in my opinion. He did a great job um, in uh, playing for Gonzaga. 
this year when Jalen um, Suggs was out of the game. He was kind of, uh, along with um, Joel Ajayi, uh, he was kind of like that secondary playmaker uh, for Gonzaga. So um, hopefully he's able to to do something. Um, one, one guard that I want to look at as well is I want to see if Cassius Winston can emerge as a um, solid backup um, and give them some great minutes behind Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I felt like uh, he didn't get um, a fair shake last year just because they were a new team and Westbrook was trying to, you know, fill a, li- a lot of voids and trying to feel himself um, in the Eastern Conference. But I think this year, um, I think he doesn't have um, – I think he has a sophomore surge. Um, you know, they say sophomore slump, but I think yes. he'll have a sophomore surge. Um, and I'm counting um, on on him to, to run that second unit um, and run um, a little bit of the versatility units that they're going to have, especially with Wes Unsell, um, you know, calling the plays and everything. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about Washington. I'm not going to say that Washington is necessarily, you know, um, a, a quote unquote playoff team. They can very well put themselves in position again to be in that play in um, position. Um, but again, when we're looking at the Southeast division, it is a division to look at. You have Washington, you have Charlotte, you have Atlanta, you also have Miami down there. And then, of course, I mean, you know, they'll probably be last again because they're so young, but you also have Orlando. Um, but just looking at the Southeast division and the acquisitions, um, primarily by the four that we talked about um, is definitely something that I just wanted to kind of shed light on and give everybody some perspective on what to look at. Not necessarily saying, oh, they're going to be a problem, but I want you guys to kind of look at it and say, oh, well, Steven and KDOT, they talked about it and they're, they might be doing something. So let's keep an eye out. Yeah, absolutely. And and Washington was one of those kind of funky teams for me to evaluate so far in their free agency, especially with the Russell Westbrook trade and the players they brought in and then the draft and the whole trade rumors with Bradley Beal. Um, they have a rookie head coach, and that usually doesn't mean that they're looking to build a veteran team. So kind of mixed signals coming out of the district there, but I'm um, ready to see what they can do. But um, KDOT, man, this was an absolute blast and an absolute pleasure not just giving you lip service, man. Um, this was so much fun. You know, it was too long to get you on here. Um, we got to get you on here sooner. Absolutely. For the, for the return of K dot here on breaking the game. So, um, I'll give you another opportunity, man, before we close out, just to let the folks know where they can find you and your work. Absolutely. And again, thanks, Steven. I mean, this was fun. You know, I always have a good time with you guys, whether it's with you, with Mo, with Chris, doesn't matter. I always have a great time. But of course, again, you guys can find me on Twitter at underscore K.3H. You can see it right there. Um, and listen, shout out to Sage. Sage is uh, putting me back on the path to uh, 1.5K. So I'm, you know, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to, to getting that, uh, getting over the hump, getting a thousand followers. This is my Second account, actually, my first account was suspended on a technicality. Mm. I promise you guys, I didn't do anything wrong. It was on a technicality. So I just said, you know what? I'll just do another account. Um, so I'm on the road back to my original follow count, which was 1.5. But hopefully by the blessings of, of our, you know, most high, I can, you know, get some more followers and, 
you know, hopefully you guys can, you know, like what I what I tweet and everything. Um, everything, you know, that I that I like to do is is for the love of the game. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for Steven for me to come on and, and kind of talk the game with you. We talk about it all the time. So I was very, very excited when we were able to actually get on live and let everybody know what we actually talk about when we are texting each other. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. And you just you you literally took the words from my mouth, man. I, it's so much fun when people get to see us or listen to us actually on a show. But this is just scratching the surface for many of you because Kadon and, and I, we, we've, we've spoken over quite some time. And and it's so great because people, Kadon, they talk about social media and how it's kind of dividing us and you know making us not more social and things like that. If you use it correctly, I mean, I've made some of, you know, some of the people that I respect the most who I've, you know, talked the game of basketball and more with uh, have have come through interactions with people just like you, K-Dot. And I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you, you know, your insight. You're a real one, man. And I just want to thank you so much for being on Breaking the Game. It means the world to me. Absolutely. And I appreciate it. You know, the love is, is twofold, man. You know, love is love. That's right, man. All love and respect here on Breaking the Game. So if you like what you heard, um, please like, share, subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends about, you know, all the great things that 265 Media is doing. Um, follow KDOT, follow Will. Shout out to Will again for coming on the show. It means a lot. We could definitely got to have you all on again. Um, and just, you know, big shout out to KDOT. Go follow him on Twitter, underscore KDOT3H. That's the heavy handle hoops. Just big shout out to all the works that you guys got going on. Um, and again, just tune in next time for Breaking the Game. We got great content coming out. We got some big plans in the future that I'm not allowed to spill yet. But, you know, me and Pre- me and Prez, you know, we're always working on something and it's going to be it's going to be huge and it's going to be awesome. So just stay tuned. But for Breaking the Game, for Off the Ball Network, for our fine friends over at the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, for our tremendous sponsors and Manscaped and my bookie, this has been Breaking the Game. We'll catch up with y'all next time. Much love, everybody. Thank you.